0: Hello, everyone. Craig Wessels here from my Yank on the Footy. This week, I am bringing you a rebroadcast of the second episode of the podcast. When this was released back in January of 2020, I used this episode to explain what, in my opinion, made footy great, and that was the relationship between the supporters, the fans, and their clubs, whether it be at the AFL, the VFL, the Waffle, down to the local leagues, that sort of thing. Just that relationship, that passion between the two sides, I think makes the game great and it's just absolutely wonderful. Of course, you know, within 2 months, unbeknownst to any of us at the time, the players and the fans were for the most part going to be uh kept apart from one another for the better part of 2 seasons. Now, my thoughts on on how these two groups, the supporters and the and the clubs uh do actually love one another. Yeah, I think for the last 2 years this has been pretty much uh they've been kept apart and I cannot wait to see that this love affair rekindled. Okay. I cannot wait to see the pies and tigers facing off at the MCG and 80,000 plus in the stands, just going absolutely nuts. I, I'm so excited for that, you know, and, you know, whatever the new capacity is going to be down at, uh, at GMBHA stadium, you know, I, I noticed one of the stands is completely gone. And I joked with somebody online that, it's great that it's opened up now that I can actually uh, just watch the game from my house right through that opening in the stadium. Um, you know, whether it be, again, like I was saying, a Pies Tigers game where there are 80,000 fans at the MCG, or the Dockers and Eagles at Optus with not an empty seat in the house, or the uh, the Crows and, and Port playing one another, or you know, the uh, the Giants and the Swans, you know, at the SCG facing off without an empty seat in the house as well. It's just going to be exciting to see people back out there again. And, you know, I can't wait. And, and I know that, you know, the whole situation, uh, you know, with getting people back out into society is still something that's kind of ongoing there. And I, and I'm glad to see that, that, that things are, are happening there. Um, now I know it's been, uh, kind of a little hit and miss lately with me, with the podcast. And it, there've been a couple valid reasons and I've, I've kind of gotten, uh, you know, off track a little bit, you know, going back into, uh, September and early October, I have to admit, uh, well, I think I mentioned it in an episode previously, but I, I, I watched Game of Thrones for the first time and, uh, it was like, television crack. I got addicted to it. An absolutely fun series to watch. Um, as you know, I do this as a hobby, you know, and, and there are several of you who have visited my Buy Me a Coffee page on the website, um, yankofthefooty.com, which is not mentioned in the upcoming uh, rebroadcast because I didn't have the website at the time, you know, to help out the podcast. And it's been absolutely appreciated. Um, I've had a couple projects that have been going on here At home and at school where I work, you know, I, uh, I've been teaching now for 27 years and I, I took over last year as the, one of the advisors for our national honor society, which is a group of the most talented students in our school district based upon their character, uh, their, their scholastic abilities um, how they deal with uh, issues out in the community, that sort of thing. And one of the, the things we're doing right now is coordinating a canned food drive, um, a warm clothing drive, because, you know, today we got a day where it was almost 70 degrees in the middle of November, which doesn't happen very often. But tomorrow, that's 70 degrees Fahrenheit, of course. And tomorrow it will be back down to about zero Celsius. It's going to be back down to freezing again tomorrow. So we had one little respite of... Uh, of summer before we jump back into what is going to be a rather chilly winter. So we're coordinating those things. We're also setting up and uh, operating two different um, blood drives through the American Red Cross where we're trying to generate, you know, over 115 donations of, uh, of blood donations here in the coming weeks. So we're trying to get that all scheduled and get people signed up for those types of things as well. As well as my regular schoolwork that I'm, you know, having to, uh, to oversee. And then, coupled with that, something that is related to the podcast that I'm very excited to talk about is that I, uh, I've been in the process right now to transform a large walk in closet in an empty bedroom upstairs of my house into a recording studio. And the closet is about, uh, it's about two meters square, so it's about two meters on each side. It's got shelving in one side of it. Uh, there's no electric in it right now, so I'm having to figure out how to route electricity into it. Uh, there's no light in it either, so I'm having to figure out lighting and that sort of thing, as well as putting a uh, a nice open, kind of an open concept desk in there for me to work on. Uh, but I'm working on trying to get that set up, and I'm hoping to be recording... Um, in there but by Christmas break, within the next month or so. So I'll be hoping to be able to uh, to sit down and start doing some uh, interviews from there. And of course, now I have to figure out how well is the Wi-Fi going to work in that part of the house as well. So I, need to, I may need to get myself a, uh, a Wi-Fi extender to move my Wi-Fi up there a little bit. But it, I have been working a lot behind the scenes. I've actually lined up about a half dozen different interviews with a number of of different people, some that have been suggested to me by former guests, others that uh, I've tried to coordinate with previously and have not been able to uh, set up a time. Uh, I'm hoping to get those nailed down. Um, just some really unique individuals that I've reached out to and that I've spoken to that have committed to coming on have said yes, they're interested. We just have yet not yet set the date. So I'm very excited about doing that uh, here very soon. Um, of course, we got the draft coming up next week. Uh, and, uh, while I was hoping to do a draft preview episode, it wasn't meant to be. And and, and I have to be honest with you, as I said, I think in the most recent episode, I don't know enough yet about local footy, uh, to, to try to make any sort of an educated guess. Okay. And I, I spoke recently to someone off air who said that a lot of people don't tend to get caught up in the draft because it is, uh, in many ways, a bit of a crapshoot because you never quite know, you know, which, which players are going to become the, the talented ones that rise up to the top. And, you know, maybe a player who ends up getting, uh, you know, picked in the top five ends up fizzling out, not being the player that that club had hoped to be, hoped them to be. So while I did not put together a, uh, a preview, I do want to highly recommend one though. And that is from the gentlemen that are on the Listics AFL podcast. And if you've not listened to theirs before, they go greatly into depth about a lot of different things. And they did a two-round mock draft last week. And it was a lot of fun to listen to while I was actually getting this closet cleaned out. Um and I uh I I thought it was kind of uh, great learning experience for me because these are a lot of these you know i'd seen the names just glancing through stuff on the the afl website but they they talked about these individuals a little bit more i got a little bit more of a scouting report so i had a little bit of an idea of of who these players are and uh and and where they might fall in the draft and these and they were drafting yes there were four or five gentlemen that were on the on the show and they were drafting for multiple clubs and they were making trades and that sort of thing so it was a rather interesting discussion so if you're if you're looking for a mock draft a uh, couple of episodes all told it was about an hour and a half that they spent doing this um, I will put a link to their podcast in the uh, in the show notes now before I uh jump in to the episode there's a couple of other things that I wanted to touch on a couple of things in the news and it just, uh, it was, it, it was kind of interesting, you know, I and, and of course the biggie, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Gold Coast was in the news for both good and bad reasons this week, you know. Uh, you know, their, their gun midfielder, Tuke Miller, signed a five-year extension with the club and just seems, you know, over the moon, excited about wanting to stay with the Suns and see this come to fruition and see this club grow into what he thinks it's going to be. And again, they've got a lot of talent there. Okay, they've got a lot of talent. Although they did lose a player this week as well, and uh, you know, I, I I saw a lot of things on social media from both sides of this issue of the uh, the Hugh Greenwood. Um, can we call it a debacle right now? Can we call it a screw up on their part? What what do we call this here? You know, it is a you know a talented twenty nine year old player that that you know, was playing an integral part on this side, and the Suns. I think they're aware of the rules in the league that you have to draft three players each year. Well, they didn't have uh, enough spots on their list to allow that to happen yet, from what it sounds like. So they, they went ahead and delisted Hugh Greenwood with the uh, the hopes of dra- picking him back up in the draft next week. And it's a great idea, but nobody bothered to tell North Melbourne that. And, of course, the Ruse you know, pounced and brought Greenwood in and signed him to a contract Um you know, I heard people complaining on uh, both sides, you know, that that the Suns were idiots for allowing this to happen. And that it was, you know, also kind of a, uh, oh, just kind of a, just kind of like a, a not a classy move for the Ruse to have done this type of a move in this situation, knowing that the Suns were planning on on picking him back up. But again, if it's in the rules and allows you to do it, you know, the Ruse are a club who, who are trying to improve, who are trying to put a better product on the grounds. You know, of course, last year they struggled you know, out of the gate, but it by the end of this end of this the, uh, fixture, nobody wanted to play the Ruse because they were playing everybody tough. They were going out and not afraid to punch you in the nose. And it was, uh, yeah. And, and I'm watching this happen, and I'm I'm reading about Greenwood leaving. And I'm thinking to myself, was this another uh, Victorian player wanting to go home? And it turns out that's not the case, you know. As I do was doing a little bit of digging in on him, he's you know, he's from Hobart, he's from Tasmania, and you know, he played basketball here in the States at the University of New Mexico, and then headed back to Perth and played with the Perth Wildcats. So this isn't this isn't a player, and maybe I guess, you know, in theory, being uh well, and I guess the way things are right now, playing for the Ruse, you're you're closer to Hobart. You know, it's a shorter flight, uh, I I believe, and I have, I guess I should check in on this, but I believe that the uh, the Hawks and the Roos are still going to be playing a handful of games in Tasmania this year. You know, as the push is to bring in, bring that club in on the 19th, as the 19th side. So I think it was a great move for the for the Roos to pick him up and, and get him on their list. And it, it didn't cost him anything other than having to pay his contract. And it, re- it reminded me of something, and, and those of you who are NBA fans, you might, uh, you might remember this, but it, it could also be something that was a little obscure that you may not have picked up on, but, oh, about 12 or 13 years ago, uh, and I, I'm going to see if I can find the exact date here, as a matter of fact, this would have been, uh, yeah, it was, uh, okay, it was about 17 years ago, after the 2003-2004 season. The Cavaliers had a, uh, a young power forward by the name of Carlos Boozer, who I believe had played at Duke. Pretty solid player. Great rebounder. Didn't score a lot, but a, just a gritty player. And he still had, I think, another year on his contract, but they wanted to sign him to a contract extension. And at the time, they were offering him a six-year, $39 million contract. Not a bad deal. And Boozer said he wanted to sign He said he wanted to sign that contract. He said, however, what I would like you to do is tear up my old contract. So the first of those six years is this upcoming season that I'm getting ready to play. And the Cavs said, okay, we'll do that. And then Boozer turned around and signed an offer sheet. He became a restricted free agent at this time, meaning that the Cavs could, uh, they could go ahead and uh, match any offer that another club was going to make. But the Utah Jazz stepped in and offered him a six-year, $70 million contract, almost double what the Cavs were wanting to pay him. And they couldn't afford, you know, they couldn't fit him under the salary cap anymore, so he walked away from the Cavaliers. The Cavs lost a year of him playing for them, and he headed off to Utah making an extra $31 million on top of that. So this whole thing with, with, uh with Greenwood kind of reminded me a little bit of this Carlos Boozer thing, because Carlos Boozer, whenever he stepped onto the floor in Cleveland, the rest of his NBA career, Cavs fans let him know what they thought of him. Of course, I guess you could also say you would have to fault, you know, and similarly to those of those of folks who were saying that the uh, son screwed up here, you'd have to fault the management and the ownership of the Cleveland Cavaliers who made that decision to do it, okay. And I, I just thought that was a rather unique, um, unique situation with Hugh Greenwood. And and I, I've seen players that have been delisted because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Cats did this last last year, I believe they did it with Lockie Henderson. If I'm not mistaken, they redrafted him as a, as a, on a rookie contract. If I'm not if I remember correctly. And I may not, I may not have the terminology right there, but I think they went back and brought him back in the draft. Now, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm not going to get into the Liam Jones conversation. You know, I'm not I'm not wanting to get on here as a pro-vaxxer, anti-vaxxer. That's that's your decision, it's your business. You know, you get the vaccine, you don't get the vaccine, that is completely up to you. I got the vaccine. I ended up getting COVID. I had a mild, what turned out to be a mild case of it because I had had the vaccine. You know, we're talking about the you know people are getting booster shots here right now. I have not gotten the booster for it yet. I'm probably going to go in and get that soon because I do have some underlying health issues that uh, that I think will uh, make it necessary for me to to want to do that. Okay. But the one story I did want to talk about here before we uh, we jump into the the rebroadcast of episode two so I noticed that, uh, the crows brought on another major sponsor. Um, they lost, Oh, I cannot remember which company it was, but they lost a sponsor and I'm, I'm kicking myself because I've been, I've seen that sponsor on their Guernsey for the last several years. And I cannot remember which one it was right off the top of my head now, but they have brought on hungry jacks which here in the States, I believe it is a, a sister company to what we call Burger King here, Burger King here in the United States. Um, but Hungry Jack's is going to become a major sponsor for the Adelaide Crows this year. Now, and I guess f- I, from the mock-up that I saw that their, their logo, the Hungry Jack's logo, is going to be on the back of the Guernseys right below the numbers from what it looks like. Now, I, I, I'm asking you this because I, I don't know this. Um, you know, since Hungry Jacks, I believe, is staying is, I, I think they're the major sponsor for West Coast. Can any of you recall an instance where two clubs had the same major sponsor on their Guernsey at the same time? In the, in the six years I've been watching the game, I can't recall that being the case. Now, that's not to say that there weren't some minor sponsors and maybe on the uh, the, the drop cloth or the, the big sheet of vinyl that's behind the coach at a press conference, you might see, you know, Business A show up on this club's backdrop and Business A also show up on another club's backdrop. But I can't recall that being the case on their Guernsey. So if, if you if you recognize or remember that happening, I'd love to hear from you about that, because I, I just don't think that that has happened before. Okay? So before we dive in, though, I had one, one or two other things here real quickly. Um, the club of the episode is the Marulbark Mustangs, and they play in the Eastern Football and Netball League. And they've got, of course, senior juniors, reserves and under-19s, as well as women's footy. They play their, contra- their contests at the Heights Reserve, on Longfellow Avenue, in Morble Bark in Victoria, and they've got a really cool uh, club logo that I think is really sharp. The the Mustang head that you know, it almost looks muscular. Can can a horse look buff? Can a horse look ripped? Because this horse does on their logo, and the color combination, the green and gold, it's something that I have not seen too terribly often, but. I think if that, that new club ends up in Tasmania, I think green and gold is probably going to be the way to go there. But the club was founded back in 1996, and recently the club named Anthony McDonald, who was on their 1988 premiership team, to be part of their women's coaching uh, ranks. And they also promoted Troy McCartan, who is taking over as the senior coach on the reserve side. He, coached, he was a senior coach at the under-19s last year. And and I just have to say, and I was looking through their Instagram page, Mr. McCartan, I can say with certainty that you have arguably the most impressive tattoo sleeves that I have seen in a long time. And I absolutely, I wish the Mustang the best of luck heading into their training for the 2022 fixture. I hope you have a wonderful season. I hope COVID just, for lack of better terminology, just stays the hell away and lets you go ahead and have a fantastic year. So Best of luck to the Mustangs going forward here. Now, ladies and gents, don't forget that uh, I'm hoping to set up discussions with supporters of all 18 AFL clubs, as well as the 14 clubs of the AFLW. If you're somebody who's interested in being a guest, please stop on my website, yankonthefooty.com, and click on the register as a guest button up at the top and sign up. I'll reach out with you. We'll try to get a time set up here once uh, we get through the draft, and once we get closer to the, a- you know, we get a little bit closer in December into the AFL for the AFLW competition. I could light, I'd love to line those up, talk to you about your club, see where things are going to be going as we go forward. Also, if you want to help out the podcast, you can go over to the Buy Me a Coffee button, which is in the bottom left-hand corner of the website. If you want to help me out, that's fantastic. Greatly appreciate it. I do hope that you re- consider leaving me a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. I think I'll have maybe another repeat episode next week because I'm going to be out of town for several days. I'm going to get a chance to go and visit my son for a few days in the Commonwealth of Virginia for Thanksgiving, and uh, I believe I'm actually doing my first remote interview uh, with a gentleman who's a commander in the United States Navy who plays on the. Uh, rva lions club in the usafl so ladies and gentlemen that's enough for me for tonight let's dive into this blast from the past episode two of a yank on the footy i hope you enjoy it as always may your dribble kick never hit the post cheers ladies and gents till next time Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, and I'm glad that you are here with me. Those of you who are back after episode one, I appreciate you coming back to take another listen. And those of you who are starting with episode number two, I'm glad that you're here, but there is a previous one that you can check out as well, which will give you a little bit more insight as to how I ended up being a fan of footy. Well, there were a few things that I wanted to address in today's episode. And one of them, first off the bat, is the uh, the fact that I, I had a a wonderful experience here recently with a Geelong fan who I consider a friend, although I've never met him in person. And this gentleman and I struck up a number of discussions online in message boards on Facebook and turns out he is a supporter of the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Indians here in the state of Ohio two teams that I both that I support as well so we worked out an agreement we said why don't we go ahead and share some of our gear with us and dave sent me a box of some wonderful stuff from the cats team shop I will have to fess up right now. I did not give him my size with regards to clothing. And I will state publicly right now, I did get the Guernsey on, but it was a little tight. But I did get it on. And I'm working towards getting it on so that when we have days at school, I'm a school teacher, and we will have kind of a team pride day or wear the jersey of your favorite team i can't wait to march in there wearing my cat's guernsey because i'll be the only one so dave sent me a guernsey i got a new coffee mug actually two coffee mugs both that which i use quite a bit um A Patrick Dangerfield doll, I guess would be the best way to describe it, which I have prominently displayed right on the corner of my desk in my classroom. A new cat's pennant that's right alongside my 2017 team photograph of the cats, as well as a number of other items that that I'm utilizing, including the mouse pad that is right next to me on my desk. Well, I had been looking at trying to find things to send to Dave, and uh, I did some online shopping, and it took me probably longer than it should have in order to, to find the things that I wanted to send, and I finally did send him a box that had three or four, I think four shirts of the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Indians. One of them happened to be a shirt that was a Cleveland Indian shirt that looked just like the blue and white hoops that the cats wear. I was thrilled that I found that one. I had it sent to me from Texas and it's now been sent on to Australia. Um I sent along a couple of ball caps, some hats, I sent along a beer stein and some bobbleheads of some Cleveland Indians players. And one of the things that I, I truly enjoyed putting together for him was a binder of baseball cards and football cards. Now, I've been a collector my entire life. I'm not really active with it right now. I don't go out of my way to buy cards these days. But I did buy cards for my son as he was growing up. He's now 22 years old. And kept all the cards that I had, some of them going back into the 1950s, but most of mine starting in the 1970s. And I went through all of my cards, and there are over 100,000 of them. And I put together a binder of a little over 800 baseball and football cards. Many of them, most of them Cleveland Indians and Cleveland Browns, but the rest of them being Major League Baseball Hall of Famers and National Football League Hall of Famers. And I, I thought that was possibly the, the best thing that I could provide to give insight into the game as those probably have never been seen before in Australia. And I could be wrong on that. So by all means, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, so I just wanted to publicly say thanks to Dave because his gift was terrific. My wife was ready to pinch my head off though, when she found out the cost of shipping the box to Australia. Well, I told her that there's a good likelihood that I'll be sending another one in the not too distant future. And I have a couple of items that uh, do have some weight to them. So hopefully she will not get too upset with me. (laughs) But one of the things I really wanted to talk about today was something that as a new fan of the game, I've really noticed. And it is so exciting to see and so much fun to see happening with the way the game is embraced in Australia. That thing, if you will, that I noticed is the camaraderie that seems to exist between the supporters of teams in Australia and the teams themselves. There seems to be a genuine love affair between the fans of the team and the players because while while it may not be right to say that the players are so much more approachable than players in the National Football League or in Major League Baseball. It sure seems that way, because I spend a lot of time looking at social media and seeing how people interact with other individuals, and what I've come to notice, and I see this during the games as well, where the teams involve the, the fans, the supporters holding up the banners before games, going around and shaking hands with them after the games, and just seeming, seeming to know that that symbiotic relationship is important that doesn't exist to me at least what i've seen in the national football league or in the or in major league baseball and part of that to me is simply because in american sports the athletes here and i i don't fault them for this they're they're earning as much money as they possibly can and i don't have a problem with people earning as much as they possibly can but they seem to have almost priced themselves out of having to interact with the fans. I'm not sure if you understand what I mean with that, but there seems to be a chasm between the fans in baseball and in football, as opposed to what happens in footy in Australia. You have average baseball players, players who are not stars, who are making two and a half, three, four, five million dollars a season. Now, as I said before, I don't begrudge anybody about that. Earn as much as you possibly can. That's fantastic. It's a market-based system. If that's what the owners are going to be willing to pay you, then by all means, take that. Now, what you may not know is that in baseball here in the United States, there is not a salary cap. Teams can spend as much as they want on salary. Now, there are some penalties that they go above a certain amount, but you have teams like the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers who will spend... And the Boston Red Sox, really the three that jump out of uh, off the top of my head, who spend significantly larger amounts of money on their team salaries. So the Yankees may have a team salary combined of 200, 225 million dollars a year for the entire roster. But then a team like the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays, they might have a 40 million dollar salary that they're paying their players. So there's a huge disparity. The NFL is much more like the uh, the AFL with regards to having a salary cap. So there is not as much disparity. Teams are spending approximately the same amount of money, but it's a huge sum here in the United States. And what gets me thinking that the camaraderie between the fans and the players is, is greater, and I'd love to hear stories from you on this, so by all means shoot me an email at a yank at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on this and be able to report to other individuals about some of your ideas and your encounters. But I see photos all the time in message boards on Facebook, on Twitter, where people happen to be out for lunch somewhere in their community and they run into a player or two from their club And there seems to be a much closer relationship. They seem to be much more approachable. Now, again, I could be wrong about that. But from what I've seen, it seems like the players really love the supporters. Now, I know there have been some horrible things that have come up recently with the treatment of players like Liam Ryan and racism and things like that. And the, the other gentleman, and I cannot remember his name. He retired before he should have, from what it sounds like. It was really before I was starting to watch the game. And he was pointing out that there was, to him, racism that was going on against the uh, indigenous players. And that's terrible. That's horrible if that's happening. And unfortunately, there are people in every society that have that mindset. That's it's really too bad of a thing. But beyond that, just seeing... That relationship between the fans and the players, it makes me as a sports fan extremely envious because many of you just in your daily lives might have run into or encountered your favorite player or a retired player. And you've got that photograph of of you and them on your wall. You've got an autograph or you've got one heck of a story that you can tell your grandkids down the road as you go through life. So the the camaraderie to me is just something that I believe is wonderful. And it's something that I wish we really had in our games here in the United States. But like I said, I... It, I think they've really priced themselves out of that. There, that maybe the players have started to think that they are superior. And I don't mean athletically; I mean just superior to the rest of society. You know, we have players that play on my favorite football team, the Cleveland Browns. We have somebody that's driving a car that he had made in the team colors of the of the on the car, a bright orange car, and the hood ornament, the little medallion, if you will, on the front of the car, is actually a little statue of himself. You talk about being self-absorbed. It sure seems to be an awful lot of me, 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 me. But again, I could be wrong on that. Okay. So the camaraderie thing I believe is, is absolutely wonderful. Okay. I really do. I think that makes makes the AFL superior to the NFL, to major league baseball. And I think probably even to the NBA as well, because in some cases, those NBA athletes are making significantly larger salaries. I mean, we just had you know major league baseball player sign a, a nine-year contract for, I believe it was almost a quarter of a billion dollars. That was with a B, not an M, a B. He's getting paid almost as much to play the game as some of the owners did when they bought the entire team not that long ago. But they're making huge amounts of money from television revenue, not even as much from ticket sales. But the fact that every team has their own... TV channel, and they're selling advertising there, and they're making huge sums of money that way. Now, football doesn't, most teams don't have their own channel in football, but Major League Baseball, every team has their own dedicated channel that they're airing all of their games on. So as a Cleveland Indians fan, I can watch, out of the 162-game season, I think 155 of their games will be on there, and the other five or six might be on ESPN ESPN or on the Major League Baseball Network. Heck, even one was on YouTube last year. There was one game on YouTube, and that was very awkward to watch a baseball game on YouTube when the people who were broadcasting the game spent more time talking about YouTube than they did about the baseball game. But enough about American sports here, okay? I really wanted to just make the point that there is a disparity, in my opinion, between footy and American sports, okay? One of the other things I wanted to... Bring up was to talk about first of all the uh, the U.S.A.F.L. announced this week that they're going to be holding their national tournament in October of next year, on October 10th and 11th in Ontario, California, and that's exciting. I saw that posted on the supporters of U.S.A.F.L. slash A.F.L. website on Facebook and have talked to a lot of people on there. Well, you know what I mean by talking on there, not like this. And have I'm hoping to develop some good relationships with the people that are there that I can maybe set up some interviews with those folks as well. And I'm going to be reaching out to you uh, in the not-too-distant future again to try to get some people interested in conducting some interviews because... I would like this podcast to ultimately be something that most of it tends to be driven by people that I'm talking to, not necessarily me. Sure, I want to spend some time talking about my observations, but then I also want to be able to talk about the views that other people have, what they've experienced, their greatest moment watching footy, their biggest heartbreak, what are they looking forward to during the upcoming season, what went on last week or the previous week once the season gets rolling that left them frustrated or left them excited. But they had a discussion board on Facebook where they were talking about what can be done to try to introduce the game more readily here in the States. Now, sure, we have dozens of teams playing the game here in the States, but these are people who are already adults. Most of these people are in their 20s, 30s. There might be some in their 40s even that are playing. But how do we get this game introduced to younger kids here? You know, I've been a public address announcer for... A decade, And I did some coaching in football and baseball early on in my teaching career. And I've started to see a bit of a, a downshift, if you will, in terms of the number of kids that are playing American football in some schools. Not in every school, but in some schools. But there's been an uptick in the number of kids playing soccer. I've seen a lot more kids playing soccer than I have seen in a long time. Now, I have heard that there are some communities around the country that are holding camps and exhibitions, if you will, to show the game to younger kids to try to spark that interest. Because let's be honest, footy is an entirely different skill set than pretty much anything that happens here in the United States. Sure, there's kicking with soccer. There are some kids that are playing rugby. There's a minimal amount of kicking going on in the actual game of football, ironically enough, or what we call football. But just a simple fact that we have so many young kids that are looking for something to do. And this is, a, this is a game that, in many cases, it's new to them. They've never seen it before. And there's a lot of aspects of this game that I think would be exciting. So they brought up, I thought, a great point on that message board online, on Facebook. How do we get kids excited about this? And they talked about how there was exhibitions that had taken place in, in camps, if you will, to try to introduce the game to kids in Seattle, and I believe in Los Angeles as well. Now I live in Ohio and there are three teams, the last I checked that are playing uh, in Cleveland, actually four teams Cleveland, Columbus Dayton, and Cincinnati. and I believe there's one more that's getting ready to start, but it's this is a game that I think is ready to take off here because there have been significant concerns with head injuries in American football. you know they they are going out of their way to try to regulate or legislate, however you want to put it, tackling in American football. For decades, players would use the top of their helmet as kind of a spear, if you will, or a battering ram to tackle people. And it was leading to concussions in some extreme cases it was leading to paralysis and while I have seen evidence that reports that soccer players actually suffer more concussions than than American football players it still is it's a concern and some people have shied away from it because of that and footy might be a great solution to that problem now we would have to modify the game here especially at the younger younger ages because you know if we're talking about playing at the high school level We don't really have facilities in this country that have the the footprints to put a a piece of of grass in place inside a stadium anyway. We've got lots of open area places where games can be played. But you're not going to have the seating area to get people to come and watch necessarily. You're not going to generate the concessions and that type of thing, Uh, getting people to come and sit and watch the games at that point in time. But I think it's definitely a... uh, something that we should look into now I put on that message board I said I've never actually seen a ball in my life I've seen pictures of them I've put them into my cart on the AFL shop website and a couple of other ones there because I've been interested in actually having a ball so I can say here's what it looks like but I've never actually held a Sharon in my hands it's not happened before but I think we're ready for something like this here but we'd have to modify the game. We'd have to, to maybe limit the number of players on the field. Getting 18 out there at a time probably would not work. Especially at the younger ages, you might want to have fewer kids out there to allow the skill set to develop. Allow them to have to cover smaller areas of, of grass, of ground, if you will. But I think that this is a wonderful opportunity to bring this game into the States. And if you're in Australia... And if you happen to be on Facebook, I would strongly suggest checking out the supporters of USAFL AFL slash AFL supporters page. I think I said supporters there twice, actually. But if you put into the, the search bar supporters of USAFL slash AFL, it should pop up there for you. And there are some people who are working very hard at bringing this game to the United States. And they should be applauded for their efforts. There are teams all over the country. As you know, there are also teams playing all over the, the world as well. I've, I've been following a number of different individuals and teams in the U.S., in Australia. I even believe I, I found a, uh, a footy club that was playing in Colombia that I'm following now. I don't speak Spanish, so hopefully whatever they post will show up in English and I can figure out what it is that they were saying. I have to tell you, I was extraordinarily surprised to hear a couple of weeks ago that Alex Rance was stepping away from the game. Well, you know if you listen to the first episode that I am a cat supporter. One can't help but acknowledge what a terrific player Alex Rance has been for a number of years. Now, of course, the Tigers were able to overcome his absence last year and still win the Premiership, but I think they were still counting on him being able to come back and help them out this year. And to hear the stories that broke within the last day or so about his personal life, which I don't want to go into because I've only seen little postings online, And I'm not wanting to speculate. Those things are very surprising to hear. Now, before I wrap up this evening, there were a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. First off, while most of the country of Australia is engrossed in the test matches going on right now between Australia and New Zealand, I am mercifully awaiting the end of the NFL season so that my beloved Cleveland Browns can go back to the drawing board yet again and try to put together... A successful season. I'm not holding my breath, but I'm 56 years old right now, and I would actually like them to get their stuff together sometime in the next 15 to 20 to 25 years. That would be really nice. But again, before I go, while we're all caught up in the sports that interest us, At home right now The one we have in common Of course is footy We need to keep Reminding ourselves That at the time I'm recording this We're only 42 days away From the AFLW season beginning And the Crows Defending their premiership And I'll tell you what I'm very excited To watch The AFLW matches This year I started watching about two seasons ago and it was amazing to see the improvement in the skill level. And I'm looking at that from the outside, still learning the game, but it looked as though the ability level and the expertise that many of the the athletes was demonstrating improve tremendously from one season to the next. And I anticipate that happening again this year as well. And good footy is good footy. It doesn't matter who's playing it. Now, while well, that's 42 days off, we're 83 days away from Richmond getting ready to defend their title, their premiership. And let's be honest, they've got to be the front runners because they're a very quality team. And while I'm a Cats supporter and I'm hoping that they can make one more run to the Premiership, they're going to have to have a lot of things fall into place for that to happen because they are getting up there in age a little bit, and some of the people they're depending upon are very much on the north side of 30. Now, of course, I'm really hoping that my favorite player, Nakaya Kakatu, is healthy through all of the training and comes out and just has a dynamic season. I'm sitting here looking at my Nakaya Kakatoo button sitting on my desk that my friend that I mentioned to you earlier in the broadcast had sent to me. One last thing before I go, if you get an opportunity, I strongly suggest you take a listen to the One Eyed Fan podcast, which you can find on both Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, and I'm sure other places as well. I found it on Spotify, and that's a Cats fan, Brian, and a friend of his that are doing that podcast. And as an American who's learning about the game, I truly enjoyed listening to the discussions that were taking place in the one episode that I've heard so far because it was helping me to learn a little bit about the history of the game. And the gentleman that they were interviewing me and interviewing before. And I believe his name was Nixon, if I'm not mistaken, got into talking about his top 10 players and uh, was working on compiling that list. And it was a fascinating hour. So I strongly encourage you to take a listen to that one. So I'm going to wrap up at this point right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to thank you for listening. And I hope that you'll come back. And I want to remind you that you can reach me and follow me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube at a yank on the footy. You can email me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And if you'd please consider subscribing to my podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. I would love to have you come back and listen again. As I'd mentioned earlier, I believe one of my goals is to start conducting interviews here with people who are fans of the game. Now, of course, I would love to interview someone like Patrick Dangerfield. I would love to interview Mason Cox being an American player. I would love to interview some wonderful former players, but I would like to learn the history of the game from those of you who are listening. And while I was recording this, I was trading some direct messages on Twitter with some people who I'm trying to line up some interviews with. And again, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email at a at gmail.com. Again, you could follow me at Twitter, at yank underscore on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I would also love to get some feedback from you, if I possibly could. And by that, I would love to hear from you on Twitter or through a review on the podcast hosting site that you're listening to right now, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Or whichever one you happen to have located me. And I'd love your honesty. I'm not going to ask her a five star. I'd love one. But until I've earned that, I don't think I necessarily should have one. Now I'm hoping that you'll come back and give me an updated one if you like what you've heard later on. But I'm working to improve. I'm getting more comfortable with what I'm doing. I'm having fun with it. And that's the goal here, is to learn more about this game and to let you know that there are people on the other side of the planet that love your game and we're so appreciative of you for sharing it with us one of the other things that i would love to have happen would be that if any of you happen to have questions for me things that you want to know about my experiences with footy or my life in general i'd like to address those in upcoming episodes so if you have a question for me about footy, or why in the heck I chose to support the team I chose to support and not yours, or I chose yours, by all means, feel free to shoot me a message. Send me a message on Twitter. Shoot me an email at the email address that I mentioned earlier. I would love to hear from you and hear what you have to say as well, because this is intended to be a learning exercise for me. I want to learn not only what the people in the media and the athletes and people that we would typically hear from about sports, and what they think. I want to know what your typical sports fan thinks what their views are, why they love and live and breathe for the black, red, and white, or for the orange and white, or for the black and gold, or for the hoops, or for the purple and white. You get the idea. Why do you love your team? Those are the kinds of things I want to know. And I want to hear stories about why you have fallen head over heels for your team. What's frustrated you? What has excited you? What are you looking forward to in 2020? Because that's coming up very soon. So those are some of the things that I'm hoping to hear from you about. And I truly would appreciate you getting in touch with me if you have any questions or anything of that nature. It would be great to be able to get some feedback from you and to give you some feedback. Because quite frankly, I find myself in a bit of a unique position in my own house because there is nobody in my home that is a fan of the game. Well, my oldest child has graduated from college and is serving in the military. My youngest child is in her first year and is training to be a school teacher, I believe, like both of her parents. That may change. And she's never watched a game with me. My wife doesn't want to get caught up in another sport. I have turned her into a Cleveland Indians fan. She will sit down and watch games with me from time to time, or she'll watch them on her own. But she doesn't have any interest in watching footy. I can't get her to watch American football. So it is extraordinarily an uphill battle to get her to watch a sport from another country. Now I tried, and one of the things that I did was I found a couple of websites online that had photographs of several dozen footy players at the beach or working out and that type of thing. I'm comfortable enough in my manhood to share those kinds of images with my wife, and if that is how I can get her to watch games, then so be it. When she first started watching Cleveland Indians games, she fell for one of the players on the team at that time, and that became her favorite player. Because he was cute. So I figured, what the heck, I would try that in this situation. Well, that didn't work out the way I had hoped. But... I'm going to keep plugging along and I'll try. And if this podcast takes off the way that I hope it does and I get some steady listening and people want to hear my point of view and people want to talk to me about their views on the game, maybe she'll come around. I was hoping to watch a couple of old games during my break from school here at Christmas time. But the Watch AFL app website has not yet sent me my new login code for this year. I became an international member of the Cats this year, and with that came the season pass for the Watch AFL app. They said it was supposed to be sent out in December, and we are very close to running out of December as I'm making this podcast. Unfortunately, I had planned on having one of my friends come over who has started to show some interest in the game and has said that he, in fact, wants to come with me to Australia when I finally get there to watch some games. And we were going to watch a game from this past year or maybe the year before that. I was going to pick one at random, and we were going to sit down and watch it. But unfortunately, I'm locked out of the Watch AFL app until I get my new code Now, it's a great app. If you're here in the States, it is a must-have if you're a footy fan. We get one game a week on the Fox Sports Channel, and that's it. I, I definitely want more than that. So, it was worth the $129 to become an international member. Because, quite frankly, that was cheaper To become the international member and get the Watch AFL app than it was to get strictly the Watch AFL app the last couple of years. I wish I had checked into that a little bit more closely because I would have liked to have had the app available along with all of the goodies that come from the club. Now, that hasn't arrived yet either, but with international shipping, I don't think that's going to be here anytime soon. I am going to go ahead and wrap this up now, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I thank you for listening to Episode 2 of A Yank on the Footy. And I hope that you'll come back again. And I hope to have my first interview episode out very, very soon. Thank you. I want to ensure that I thank Joseph McDade for his music that I'm using as my intro and my outro music. Mr. McDade creates some fantastic music, and I'm using two of his pieces, one called Backplate and the other one called Elevation. You can find those pieces and many others at josephmcdade.com slash music. That's josephmcdade.com slash music. Mr. McDade, thanks again for your hard work and your wonderful musical pieces. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to give me a listen. And I truly hope that you'll come back again as I continue my journey to learn as much as I can about this beautiful and wonderful game. Because while many of us are fans of our teams, deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening And I ask that you share this podcast with your footy friends, and may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode two of a Yank on the footy. You can reach me at twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at a Yank on the footy or feel free to email me at a Yank on the footy at gmail dot com